Welcome, and thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map, and that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find some way to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church, and when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven. I want to thank you once again for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. Of course, this podcast, where our goal is to stir up Christians for the cause of Christ through practicality, reality, and sincerity. Through practical things that you can take, you can go home, and you can use every single day for reality, for things that you can use. As one preacher says, it's something that's shoe leather Christianity, something that is real. It will help you. It'll be a blessing to you. But then also sincerity not being a hypocrite. You know, if I had to point to one thing that I said is destroying Christianity, and this could be a episode in and of itself, but if I had to point to the number one thing, uh, ruining and destroying Christianity and ruining the kids we are raising up in our churches, it would be hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is big. And so let's bring all these different things that we talk about here on the podcast, and let's bring it to where the rubber meets the road. Are we actually doing it? It's one thing to listen. It's one thing to go to church and to hear our pastor preach. It's another thing to go out and actually follow the Word of God. And so that's what Sandy Creek Stirrings, this podcast, is all about. We're all about giving you practical things that are truthful, that are truthful, and being sincere about it and not being hypocritical. And so thank you for listening again today. Let me encourage you. If you have not left us a review on Facebook or on Apple Podcast, if you listen on Apple Podcast or the iTunes Store, um, let me encourage you to leave us a review. And uh, don't want to, um, I don't know how you'd put this, don't want to sound like we're tooting our own horn here, here at uh, Sandy Creek Stirrings, but uh, what that will do is it'll allow other people to be able to find this podcast and to be helped in many of the ways that you have been helped, hopefully through many of our episodes. And by the way, let me encourage you, if you're a new listener here, um, not all episodes are like this one. This one is a continuation of a series, and we'll talk about that just in a minute. But we have lots of different episodes, a lot of apologetics episodes. We did an entire Baptist history series, why I'm a Baptist, why you should be a Baptist, and also answering the question, why I'm not a Catholic, why I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist, why I'm not a President 
Presbyterian, why I'm not a Methodist, why I'm not any other denomination, why am I Baptist? We talked about that in our Baptist History series, and if you look through our episodes list, there's many, 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 many episodes on Baptist history. But then we've got a lot of just interesting episodes to go back and listen to, some funny, always practical, at least I feel like they're practical, I hope you feel the same way but then things that'll help you, and of course our interview episodes as well, and those are scattered throughout our episodes list. If you go to our website, that would be sandycreekstirrings.com, sandycreekstirrings.com, and you click that little episodes tab, it'll give you an episode, uh, all the episodes that we've recorded up to this point, which today would be 135, 135th episode, And uh, but a lot of great episodes here, so let me encourage you to go back, look through the list, And by the way, if you click on one of those episodes, you may or may not know this, but if you go to our website, sandycreekstirrings.com, click on the episodes list, you'll see all the episodes there. And what when you go down, and if you were to click, like I'm here on the episode list right now, if you were to click on, let's say, episode 50, The Truth About Music, you click on the title, it will take you to where not only you can listen to the episode right there on the website, but it will also give you a breakdown of what that episode is about. It'll give you an episode description. So if you're looking for an episode to listen to, maybe you're not listening to them in order, or maybe you're new here and want to try and find something that would be something you'd be interested in, let me encourage you, you can go in and find a description for each and every single one of these episodes. Every episode has a description, and it'll give you a little bit more detail about what that episode is about. So go to Sandy Creek Stirrings. Click the episodes list and then click any episode available and it will give you a description on what that episode is about. Now today is a continuation of a little series we've been doing called My Story Won't Wow You. And it really arrived from this idea that when I tell my testimony, when I tell the story of my life, it's not something that's going to wow you. I didn't come from a life of drugs. I, I wasn't a drunk. I wasn't an addict. I wasn't born in a, in, a, in a box, in a cardboard box somewhere. I didn't grow up in an orphanage. I don't have one of those stories that will wow you. I've got just a, what you might refer to as a simple Christian testimony, where I was raised in a wonderful Christian home. I had a wonderful family. I don't have divorced parents. I don't have, um, you know, wayward siblings. I don't have those things. So when I go to tell my story, it won't wow you in many regards, but then I've heard back feedback from many people who have been listeners. And, you know, I haven't—I wasn't sure when I started this series how well it would be received by the, the audience and by you the listener. I wasn't sure. I, you know, it's my story. Seems kind of boring. and um, But I've heard so much feedback from you, the listeners, saying how much it has spoken to your heart, how you have enjoyed just the miracles that I've been able to share that I've seen in my life, and how you've been able to connect. Many of you have, have said the same thing, that you know what, in many regards, you've responded and you said, you know, my story wouldn't wow you either. But I hope you're getting the importance of sharing your story, whether you think it's important or valuable or not. Valuable or not, God thinks your testimony and your story is valuable. And because of your story and your background and the way you were raised, your story can touch some people that mine won't. So let me encourage you, friend, learn to share your testimony. Learn to share your testimony. 
Last week, we left off on My Story Won't Wow You. We entitled that portion of the series, Cancer Comes. Let me encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. I'm not, I don't do a whole lot of review in these episodes. Hopefully, you're all caught up. So let me encourage you to go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. The last, um, the last one, Cancer Comes, that would have been episode number 129, so six episodes ago. Let me encourage you to go back and listen to that one. That was about three weeks ago now. And uh, But we'll be continuing right where we left off from there last week. Of course, just very briefly, my family came off the mission field. My mom was diagnosed with a couple different types of cancer, and it was determined we could not go back to the mission field based on different treatments and things going on. Through a lot of prayer, uh, the cancer disappeared, but many of these issues that my mom was still dealing with her health was still going on. And then, of course, some things in my personal life on the mission field and, and dealing with issues of contentment and some things we'll mention today were going on for me personally. I was in my June, last phase of junior year of high school, going into senior year of high school. And that's kind of where we pick up uh, where we left off last time. And, you know, let me encourage you, if you're not a guy or a lady who enjoys hearing the truth about somebody, then today's episode is not for you because we're about to get very real with some issues I was dealing with. You know, when I was a very young boy, when I was even three years old, I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wanted to be an evangelist. My pastor at the time was Dr. Jim Brown, and he was an evangelist, and I knew I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be an evangelist. My dad was called to preach. I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be a preacher. And all my life I grew up knowing, I never doubted it for one minute in time, knowing God was going to call me to the ministry. I never once doubted it, not even as a kid. You know, many kids say all these different things, well, I want to be this and I want to be that. For me, I always wanted to be in the ministry. I always wanted to be a preacher. Now, it's not like I enjoy talking in front of people, because even as a kid, I didn't. But I knew it. I never doubted that God wanted me to be in the ministry. And I remember when we were on deputation when I was 10 years old, I remember very firmly that God called me to preach. I had just, a, I think a year and a half before, surrendered my life to preach. And told God, if you want me to be a preacher, I'm surrendering my life. I'm, I will surrender to be anything you want me to be. And by the way, teenagers, if you're listening out there, children, if you're listening out there, that's the best thing you can do is just determine in your heart, God, I surrender to whatever you want me to be. Whether that means I'm a, I'm a cement worker or whether that means I'm a garbage truck driver, or, or I'm a nurse, or I'm a, I'm a pastor's wife, if you're a lady, or I'm a, I'm a pastor, or I'm a missionary to Africa. Just surrender to whatever God wants for you, because that's the very best thing. Well, when I was 10 years old, I knew very firmly that God was calling me to be a preacher, and so I surrendered to preach. And when we, as I grew up and we went to the mission field, and I'm backtracking just a little bit today, but I want to get into what was really going on in my life. When we went to the mission field, I'll be honest with you, I got bitter. Yeah, I got bitter. I've already talked about even the past two episodes, the difficulties of being a missionary kid and some of the feelings and some of the things that they struggle with. And so I'm not going to rehash all that. Go back. If you need the reference for that, go back and listen to those past two episodes we've already done. But it can be difficult. And I remember I got bitter. 
Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have labeled it if you had asked me then as a missionary kid going through that. I wouldn't have labeled it bitterness. I don't know what I would have labeled it as, but I don't think I would have labeled it as bitterness. Looking back now, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. I was dealing with bitterness. You say, why? I missed home. To me, and, and this was the wrong viewpoint, and we talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but I didn't view the mission field as home. I never tried to adapt to it. I never tried to integrate myself to it. I was in the wrong. I did wrong. I would go back, and if I, if I could go back, I would change it, but that's just where I was. I, so I missed home because, to me, my home was still back in the United States. I missed America. I missed, I missed waving old glory and the red, white, and blue and French fries. Yeah, because we did not have good French fries anywhere on the island. And um, can I just put it this way and, and be very frank? And this is what I talked about. If you're if you don't want to hear the brutal truth about somebody, then today's episode is not for you. But let me just put it this way: I was done. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be on the island. I, I was fed up. The people didn't want to hear what we were saying. I remember one time when we were passing out tracks, they they were doing some road work literally right in front of our house. We were Our front yard literally was the road. Uh, well, just past the front yard was the road. We were literally right there on the road. And um, I remember they did some construction work. And right right there, they put a little stoplight, a little stop sign to where people had to stop and wait for it to, to change colors. I can't remember if it was a, a light or if somebody was actually standing out there, probably somebody standing out there. But basically, they had to stop and these cars would all be lined up in front of our house. And so we had the wonderful idea that any missionary would jump to. Well, if the cars are going to be sitting right there, let's give them tracks and invitations to the to the church and the Bible services. And so we each took turns, and I remember one day I went out there, and I had a handful of tracks, and there was a line probably of eight or nine cars. And I went to every car and handed them a track, handed them a track, handed them a track. And, you know, I was, I was starting to get into this. You know, this is going pretty good. You know, people are finally taking some things. It's been very difficult. Nobody's been open. But look, they're taking tracks, and the sign changed, and the start, cars started to move forward. But not before that first car reached out the window and handed the track back to me. And then the next car. And then the next car. And then the next car. And then all eight or nine of those tracks were back in my hand. And there I was standing in the hot, hot, hot weather of the Caribbean. Where we were at, there was no breeze. and uh, But that was discouraging. That hurt. And you know what? If I could go back and talk to that little teenage boy on the island who was struggling, I would have told him, you know what? There's going to be things way more difficult in life than people handing you a track back. It's going to, it's going to get so much harder. Why, what, it's not that big of a deal, but you know what? When you're in that type of environment and you're going through those th- things, it was crushing. And if I can just get real with you, I was done. I didn't want to be there anymore. And so when we fast forward and we came off the field, can I just be honest with you? I wasn't worried about it. I wasn't worried about it. Didn't bother me. I was glad to be home. I was glad to be back because I was done. So when we got off the field, I remember I went to a youth conference shortly after that. And at that conference, I had been praying about Bible college for a while. I was entering my senior year of high school, and I'd been praying about Bible college, and I knew 
that God wanted me to go to Bible college, and I finally, after that youth conference, surrendered to go to the Golden State Baptist College in Santa Clara, California. And so at the end of high school, later that year, in 2014, for the fall semester, I'd be leaving and I would be going to college. And so all these events going around on in my life, they didn't bother me. I wasn't worried because, you know what, even if my family did go back, I wasn't going back. I, I was done. And I'd made it that way, whether anybody liked it or not. And so when we got back and were back home for a year before I was going to leave for Bible college, I got involved with some wrong influences. I talked last week, and I mentioned that I would tell some things that were going on in my life during this time, and that's really where we're getting into it right now. I got involved during this year's time period, got involved with some wrong influences. Now, let me be very careful to say I don't think any of those influences would be listening today, but if they are, can I just put this out there? They weren't necessarily wicked, ungodly influences, like, oh my goodness, how could they, how how did your parents ever let you hang around them? No, they were church-going people, Christian by name, um, not necessarily completely wicked or ungodly, but they were the wrong influences for me. And can I say, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. having gone through this as a parent, now that I have little children, I've learned to evaluate from my situation. You know, sometimes they don't have to be a wicked and completely ungodly and like they don't even go to church type influence for them to have a, a wrong impact on your kid. But sometimes they can be somebody who's just an influence that's bad for your kid. Look, parents, if you've got a teenager who every time they hang around this friend, they come home and they've got a little bit of an attitude— They got a little bit of sass and disrespect going on. You know what that tells you is that other kid, they may be in their youth group. They may have wonderful parents. You may fellowship with them. Things are going great. And it may not necessarily be that uh, that friend that they have is a wicked, ungodly person, but it may be they're just not good for each other. And it may just mean that, you know what? You're not going to be able to hang around that other kid. And maybe you have to go to that other set of parents and say, look, we love you and we're, we're excited for you. But right now we noticed our teens struggling and when they hang around your teenager, it's nothing against your teenager, but they're, they're just not good for each other. And so we're going to have them take a little break and they're not going to be coming over, you know, much anymore. And they're not going to be hanging out much anymore, you know, for a little while until we get some things adjusted. You know, maybe sometimes as a parent, you have to make that call, not because the influence is a wicked and ungodly person, but sometimes they're just not good for each other. And that's what I fell into, the wrong influences, the wrong influences. And, you know, I look back at that time, my senior year, which, you know, is supposed to be, you know, one of the greatest years of your life, you know, it's the senior year of high school. And I look back at that year, I have a lot of fond memories, but I look back with really a lot more remorse than I do fond memories. Now, I, I, as I said, some great time, great things happened. You know, I was able to be part of a youth group. I'd never had that before. Um, but I was able to be part of a youth group in a church, and I had some level of influence within the youth group. And um, there was even some teenagers who began to call me the second-in-command because they considered me to be spiritual. And, you know, the sad part is I knew about myself. I knew enough about to myself to know I was not spiritual. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But... Um, 
I was able to have a set of keys for the church, and I felt like that was a big deal. And then I was able to be part of a choir and help run a bus route and be part of activities and all things that I hadn't been able to do on the island because there wasn't a there wasn't necessarily bus routes and there wasn't necessarily a choir and all these different things. Um, I was able to get a car. I got a I think it was a 1999 Dodge Neon Blue and Purple, and I tell the story about that in a, in another episode why you should skip the car payment, and that would be going way way back to episode number 37 and I tell about that car how it got the name uh the squeal mobile and uh but was able to get my own car was able to get my license you know those fond memories I remember I got my first official job where I worked for somebody other than family and or church people or you know not necessarily church people because the church people were who I was working for but you know and not necessarily family it was my first official job I worked at a barbecue restaurant and I'd go in at four in the morning and I would clean the restaurant take me from about four to about ten o'clock and and uh, oh I it was terrible and uh, not not the job necessarily but the barbecue restaurant would leave the mess until the next morning when I cleaned. So can you imagine sweeping dried barbecue sauce on the floor, French fries? It was tough. And then they, they had a straw broom, and all the all the bristles would break off, and you'd you'd have more straw on the floor than on the broom. And and uh, but I look back on that job as just very enjoyable. So I'd work before school, and uh, but I finished high school. You know, I had a graduation at church. I was able to play softball for our church league, and we had a winning season. That was enjoyable, even though I stunk at softball. But um, I look back with some fond memories, yet in all that, the reason I look back more with remorse during that time period was because the all these wrong influences had convinced me, and my own flesh, by the way, I'm not going to place all the blame on other people, they only aided what my flesh wanted to do with my life. But I'll tell you what I struggled with during that time was I became what I would term self-sufficient spiritually. I became self-sufficient. You say, what do you mean? I didn't read my Bible. You say, you're, 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 you're Brother Josh. You're an assistant of the pastor now. You didn't, you didn't read your Bible? No, I didn't read my Bible at all. Oh, I would, I would sit there on the couch and have, have the Bible in my lap, but I would just daydream the whole time. I'd do, I'd do enough to make it look like I was reading my Bible and my parents had no clue. Yeah. I, I was not praying. Oh, I, I prayed for my meals, maybe. But I became self-sufficient spiritually. I was sacrificing my time. Yeah, I was doing all these different things. I was busy in what might some might call the ministry. I mean, I was going to youth group and I was going to activities and I was helping to run a bus route and I was at um, I would go help with this Sunday school class over here and I was part of the choir and I would sing special music and every now and then I would get an opportunity to preach and I would do this and I would go on teen visitation and oh, I was busy and I was doing all these different things, but let me tell you something. I wasn't being obedient. In the basic things. Remember when Samuel approached Saul and he said, obedience, if I can paraphrase it, obedience is better than sacrifice. And you know, during that time, I got so caught up and I'm sacrificing my time. I'm doing things spiritually. I'm a spiritual person. But the reality was, I was dead spiritually. It's kind of like when Ezekiel saw the, saw the valley of the dry bones. If he had looked at me, I was nothing but just a spiritually dry bones. 
I was dead spiritually. I was starved. I was thirsty because I had no food, and I had no water, and I had no relationship, personal devotional time with God during that time. And I look back at that time with great remorse because, you know what, I let all those things get away from me. And, you know, sometimes in our Christian life, we can get so busy— well, I, I, I go to church. I go to church faithfully. I'm in Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And I, I sing in the choir and I, I go on visitation and I, I get the hymnal out and I sing. And, and I, I, I tell my parents about or my, my children about the Lord. And, and I do this and I go to fellowships and I do all that. But then we miss the most vital thing. Reading our Bible and praying. Let me tell you something. Do not be fooled by your busyness in the ministry, thinking that you can be self-sufficient. I don't need God. I can do it my own. I can do it myself. Remember, Christ said, without me, you can do nothing. And I look back on my life during that time with remorse. You want to know why? Because I was so busy doing all this and doing all that, rushing here and rushing there. But what do I really have to show for it? You say, Josh, you, you just quoted Christ. He said, without me you can do nothing, but look at all the stuff you were doing. Yeah, but I have nothing to show for it. No fruit, no nothing. I have nothing to show for it because I wasted it all away. You know why? Because I may have been all doing this all for Christ, but I wasn't doing it all with Christ. We had no relationship. And to my guilt... In absolute shame. Can I just say literally shame? Because it's not easy to sit behind the microphone this morning as I'm recording and be honest about what I was struggling with and my failures. It's not easy. But to my shame, I took Christ. I put him up on the shelf, and I said, I'll come to you when I need you because I can handle this on my own. Now, did I literally say those words? No, but by my actions, that's what I did to God. I took him up, put him on a shelf, and said, hey, when I need you, I'll come get you. Right now, I can handle it on my own. And that's why all those fond memories, and yeah, there's lots of great things that I could look back on high school, and I got to do this, and I got to do that, and all that was exciting. and all. But it's all overshadowed by remorse because of my spiritual condition. Teenagers that are listening today, don't do what I did. Don't think that being so busy counts for your walk with God, because it doesn't. And can I just remind you, one day you'll look up back upon these high school years, and sure you were in church, and sure you went to teen Sunday school, and sure you did this, and sure you did that, and sure you were involved here, there, and everywhere, and you can do all this for Christ my question to you is, are you doing it all with Christ? How's your relationship with Him? Have you talked to God today? Have you prayed to Him? Have you read your Bible today? There's a reason that so often when I preach at my church or I talk to the teenagers in the teen Sunday school class or I talk to one of the members of our uh, college and career age group, or that we're here on the podcast, there's a reason so many times you'll hear me talk about devotions, because I wish with all my heart I could go back and change some things. 
No, friend. Never get to the stage that I was. I spent more time focused on activities and busyness and relationships and friendships and chasing this and chasing that than I was focused on my relationship with God. And so all this is going on in my life and struggling internally. Truth is, I was doing all this, but, you know, people would look at me and say, you're a spiritual teenager, you're a spiritual young man. You know what? I was, oh my goodness, I was so far from being spiritual. I was carnal. And so as I'm going through this in my life and I'm struggling with some different things, and really, can I just say, there were a lot of, you know, factors, you know, wrong influences, and, and you know, I was dealing with bitterness, and I was dealing with this over here and this and that. Can I just say it always boiled down, though, to my devotions and my, my walk with God? That's what it boils down to. And to be honest with you, most problems within our lives boil down to our relationship and our walk with God. Do we struggle with worry and fear? Let me tell you why. Because you're not walking with God as you should. Uh, You say, well, no, 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 that's not true. No, where do you get fear from? You get it from Satan. And if you're walking with God, let me tell you something, you're not going to struggle with fear like the world does. Are you struggling with bitterness? Let me tell you something, if you're walking with God the way you should, you're not going to struggle with bitterness. Are you struggling with music? Are you struggling with movie standards? Are you struggling with tithing? Are you struggling with all these things? Why? I'll tell you what, it boils down to your relationship with God. Are you praying and reading your Bible? That's what it boils down to. Parents, if you see one of your children struggling, let me tell you something. It almost always, I, I could take the almost out, it always boils down to their relationship and their walk with God. And so my parents began to recognize some of these things happening. And when they tried to rein me in, as they should, they pulled back on the reins, and they said, you know, hang on, let's let's slow down here, let's evaluate some things. So when they pulled back and they tried to rein me in, my bitterness, my pride, because, you know, when you become self-sufficient spiritually, God, I don't need you, I'll, I can handle this on my own, you know what that really is? It's a prideful spirit, it's an arrogant spirit coming out in you. And so when my parents pulled back the reins like you'd pull the reins back on a horse, and they tried to rein me in and say, hey, 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 let's, let's slow down, what's going on here? They tried to pull in the reins because we were super close. I mean, we had been on the mission field together. The only friends I had were, was my family. And so when they pulled back on the reins, my bitterness and my frustration and my pride and my arrogance stepped up to bat on the home plate of my life. And I became disobedient. I became disrespectful. And frankly, I was just plain wrong. And I... You know, looking back, going through that, I warn parents that when they begin to see things like this in their kids, just like I mentioned, it'll always be a spiritual problem. And that's when this desire I had always had, I had always had this desire to to be in ministry and to do this and to do that, and, you know, I was going to serve God with my life. That, that desire to have since I was age three, it began to turn away. My desire began to to change. And I remember when that spirit I had to serve God broke and it began to fade away. You say, how so? We'll talk about that next time when we talk about my story 
won't wow you. As we continue on to the next part, my friend, have your relationship with God. Do not become spiritually self-sufficient because truth is, you aren't sufficient. Focus on God. Make Him your everything. And as you do, my friend, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.